friends, this is Mary again, and I am so excited today. I have been looking forward to this for quite a few weeks. I have here an author who doesn't consider herself an author, at least didn't used to. Uh, I met her a little over a year ago, and her name is Bethany Joy Stelzer. And I met her in a place where my daughter was working, and I just loved her whole family and they have a family farm, and we might tell you a little bit about that at some point, but it's just, I have just been delighted to get to know her and hear about what she is doing using her own creativity as a stay-at-home mom. And Bethany, I'm just going to turn the time over to you and let you tell a little bit of your story. Well, thank you so much for having me here today, Mary, and I just really appreciate you taking me onto the show and allowing me to share a little bit of our story with your listeners. It's such an honor to be here. I am a mother of three. You might end up hearing my kiddos in the background as we have our meetings. Speaking of which. Yeah, we, we like kids. They're a blessing. But uh, anyways, yes, I'm a mother of three children and a wife to a farmer. We live on a beautiful fourth generation family farm here in central Oregon, and we absolutely love it. There's just so many opportunities to grow and learn, and we just found it such a good setting for our children to grow up in, and uh, we just absolutely love it here. But yeah, it's also a really great backdrop to the stories that we are going to be sharing that we have yet to publish and all of that. I have to say that I got your, your first book. Once Upon a Tuesday, A Grand Adventure, and I read it in my story time to my grandchildren, and they loved it. So uh, I'm just, you know, just putting a little plug in there. If you like just real fun family story, this is a really good one. So look for it. And we'll put, we'll actually put some information about it in the bottom of the of the notes in case anybody wants to get a copy of it. I think adults would like it too. The Pictures are gorgeous. The story is so much fun. Okay. So how did this come about? I mean, you, you told me that this was a bedtime stories that you told your own children. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So we love story time in our house. And so I love hearing that you've already shared it with your grandkids because that means the world to me, but story time is just a big deal in this house. And sometimes it's hard to find good books. I've, I've struggled with that as a mom. So something that I started doing was I just started making up stories with my children and they were usually pretty fictional stories. I I like to tell people, you know, once upon a Tuesday is a somewhat fictional story. If you ask our kids, they probably think they've done most of the things in the book. And I I do put in their disclaimer, maybe don't chase mountain lions, but that's, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you have to read the story. I'll just have to say my grandkids who hate tomatoes, they were so excited about that. <laughs> anyway, okay, go on. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the story for people, though. Right. I really loved just in the evening. It was a great way to wind down, and I found that my son, especially, you know, he was only three at the time. He just really thrived on these stories, and I would try to. I would just try to, you know, speak truth to them and speak encouraging things. And so a lot of times the stories they would you know, have little bits of things to encourage them to be brave, to encourage them to be kind, you know, just trying to instill lessons without it being too 
much of a lesson because you know when mom tells you hey don't be afraid that's not as fun as hearing a story about yourself being brave so I love that um, that's kind of the idea but very much just silly I mean some of these bedtime stories that I've told my son will never be heard by anyone else and that's totally good with me but the way that once upon a Tuesday became a story um like you mentioned I never thought of myself as an author and still kind of struggle with that title because I didn't ever anticipate anybody other than my children hearing these bedtime stories. But one September evening, we were babysitting my nephews and these boys are rough and tumble farm boys. They're so much fun. We absolutely love them. But you know, you know how it is. If you've had your grandkids sleep over night, nighttime is not easy getting everybody wrangled and into bed so I was like you know let's do a bedtime story and I was just gonna pull a book off the shelf but my kids were like no we need to do an Ezra story and they're like an Ezra story what's that you know our nephews were like what are what are you guys talking about so I was like oh well there's stories that we make up do you guys want to be in one and they're like yeah okay like what is it so I started telling them the story and honestly the kids kind of wrote the story themselves we we just started it once upon a Tuesday Uh, Clyde is their oldest and so he's kind of the main character in the book but um, we just started you know making up things together and what do you think would happen next and you know this and that Mm. but before too long they were starting to fall asleep and that was kind of the goal here right that's the goal of any bedtime story (laughs) is get the kids to fall asleep (laughs) and so they were starting to fall asleep but Clyde hadn't fallen asleep yet and I was like well everybody else has so maybe we'll finish the story another time I didn't think anything of it. And, but you know, he agreed and he was like, yeah, okay, I'll go to sleep. And the next day he asked about it. He's like, what happens at the end? Their, their sleepover ended up getting cut short and ended up going home. We never finished the end of the story. And I found out from his mom that he's asked like several times about the end of the story and really wants to know what happens. And so my idea is I contacted my brother who is a very talented artist and illustrator. And I was like, Hey, obviously yeah could I get you to just do like some quick sketches and I'll just like write down the story what I remember of it and we'll like use I don't know like Shutterfly or like one of those websites to put together like a photo book with your sketches and I'll add the words and we'll like call it good and that way he can have his story and my brother's like yeah okay I can see if I can make it work so he fit me in a schedule but then when he started actually working on it he was like here's the thing if I do this for you I want my own copy I was like, what? Why? And he was like, it's a really good story. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, it's just like, it embraces like what childhood should be. And it's so wholesome. And he, he really loved it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then another person came to me and they're like, we heard what Elijah's working on. We want one too. And it kind of just kept growing from there. And so I was a very reluctant author. Um, I was kind of forced into it, honestly. And I'm, thankful. I'm so thankful that it happened that way because now Once Upon a Tuesday has become a reality and it's so much bigger and more beautiful than anything I anticipated it being. And now I feel like it just has so much potential to continue growing and you know, continue encouraging families and you know, being a part of story time. You know, it's such an honor to see our book on the shelves of other people's homes. Yes. You know, I love the fact that 
that the children helped write it. Children are going to love your this story. I mean, like I said, my grandchildren love it, but I also love that children get involved in the stories. And sometimes people have written stories that, that, okay, what do you think happened next? And that is the power. I think that's a big power in story time is that, that they get involved and they're there with mom or dad or whoever's telling the story and they're being able to put their input because then their imagination is growing too. I love that, that you said that. And, and you can do this. Somebody could do that with this story. They could say, well, where do you think they would go next before turning the page? You know, that's really powerful. Absolutely. You can totally just keep building on it. And, you know, once upon a Tuesday doesn't have to end at, you know, at the end of the book, it, it can carry on. So. Oh, and, and then here are your children. What are they going to, what do you think they'll do next? Well, let's draw our own pictures, you know, to go with it or, or things like that, like, like you did for yours. You know, uh, like what, what we like to do is what would you pack in the backpack? You know, before you begin any adventure, I love snacks. Okay. So I'm always thinking about what snacks I need to bring on my hikes. I, our kids love talking about it. What would we bring on our next adventure? And I, I will be honest, my son may have tried packing tomatoes when we went on one of our most recent hikes in case we came across a mountain lion. So there is that. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's that. I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, usually I wouldn't recommend tomatoes on a hike, but you know, see what your kids want to bring on their next hike and what would they pack? What would be the necessities, the essentials? Exactly. I, in fact, I asked my grandkids, so how do you think they, how do you think those tomatoes made it on in that backpack? You know, <laughs> some things like that. <laughs> I guess they were really firm tomatoes or they packed them really carefully. You know, we were just, we were just talking about that and just having fun using our own imagination and creativity. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I, well, I, I love that it was designed that way and that you made something that's a, an adventure for, for a family or for children to come alive. Tell us a little bit more about what your brother does. He's already an, is that her profession being an illustrator? Yes. So he is an illustrator. He has illustrated other books previously, done lots of custom artwork pieces. What I love about Elijah's artwork is just, it really does make your imagination come to life. And if you ever have the time to look up his artwork, you know, story time illustrating is his business name. And the more you look at his artwork, the more things you notice about it. And so like in the book, you'll notice just like different little details that he adds. And it's, it's what makes it special, whether it be the chipmunks hiding in it or the little bees hiding on each page. There's just always something that just makes it even extra, even better. And all of his artwork is that way. I love looking at his you know, at his project list and seeing what he's working on next, because it's always just so inspiring. And so just, it's just fun. It's just fun to look at. Well, it sounds like both of you are very creative people. So I'm glad that your creativity has been put down in, in something that other people can share, because that's really powerful. And I, I love the idea of, you know, just having children, being able to be children and use their imaginations. And I think it does make them happier as, as adults, if they do more creative things when they're young. And if they feel like they're being adventurous without 
a computer game or something, you know, things like that. You know, like we've talked about before, it's just reclaiming childhood and protecting childhood and creating space for them to have these adventures and to use their imaginations. It takes time and it takes being really intentional about it because, you know, so often it's easy for us to fall into the trap of boredom. You know, as much as I love living on our family farm and having all this space for the kids to have adventures, my childhood was mostly in the city. I lived in the city a lot. I was one of 11 children and my mother was amazing at keeping us all, not just entertained, but actually actively using our minds and our imaginations. And we had amazing adventures, even though we had these little city lots that we lived in. And sometimes we didn't even have a backyard depending on where we lived at at the time. But, you know, she was just so, so good and talented at making sure that she did protect and cultivate, you know, our imaginations. And I really appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. So I'm really curious if you could share with us one or two things that your mother did, because I think today most people don't live on a, you know, thousand acres, right? They don't live out in the middle of the country like you do. So what could people do? What would you suggest or what did your mom do to make it more adventurous and use your imaginations? There are so many different things. One story time is huge uh, because a lot of times those stories, we would then go reenact and we would go, we wanted to be cowboys and Indians. We wanted to go on these adventures like Lewis and Clark. We wanted to go be those things. And so that is one thing was my mother was very intentional also about the forms of entertainment that were in the house, the books, every single book in my mother's library, she had read previously. And we did not have a small library. She devoted a lot of time to reading and cause she wanted to make sure it, it cultivated our imaginations in a healthy way and that it was something she wanted us reenacting <laughs> um, and that she wanted us then going on to play with. And I, you know, if you want to like practical ideas of just little things, you know, sometimes we would do things like we would go on nature walks, we'd go to the park and we would have adventures there. If we didn't have a yard, we'd go out to the park. Because there's something about actively using your hands, digging in the dirt, playing mm -hmm. in the mud. And, you know, as a mom, I was so appreciative of the fact that she didn't mind us staining our clothes. We live in a society, and I fall my, find myself falling into this too, where we're trying to protect our kids. We try to protect their clothes. We try to protect them at all costs. But maybe that cost is a little bit too high when we're sacrificing their childhood and their ability to play and get dirty and do rough and tumble things. There's a balance, you know, you want your kids to be safe, but you also want them, you know, they, they build strong muscles by going and using them. And so she, you know, we climbed trees and we had the rule that at, you know, when we would go to the park, we always had the rule that we would leave it better than we arrived. And so we would always, at the end of our play, we'd always go around and look for trash and we would be treasure hunters. That's us kids turned it into a game. We we're like, okay, we're going to be pirates and let's see which pirate can get the most trash. And <laughs> so we would all like scour the park. We probably looked like crazy squirrels or something out there scouring the park for trash. And it was just so fun though. And it was so wholesome. And there's just so many little things like that where, you know, going out and picking dandelions and making dandelion tea or dandelion jam together and just little things that, you know, anybody can find beauty in something like a dandelion. 
so many clever little things like that that made a really beautiful childhood for us. That's so cool. Uh, you're picking dandelions just reminded me that at one time, I don't know where we got the idea. We got the recipe somewhere, but we decided we're, we were going to try dandelion fritters. And so we <laughs> picked the flowers when they were still yellow and we dipped them in breading and we fried them and they were really good. Oh, I kind of got sick of eating too many. <laughs> I haven't tried. I'm going to have to try that with our kiddos next time. <laughs> Yeah, dandelions. We love that. Anyway, I love that idea also, you know, just leaving your space, you know, better than when you found it, whether it's a, whether it's a park like you did, or whether you're just walking down the street or whatever yeah. you're doing, just, just leaving it a little bit better than where you found it. Thank you. So do you have any last things that you'd like to say? I feel like I've learned so much through this process. Like I said, I'm so thankful for all the people that encouraged me to write the book and make it a real thing to share with others. And I really think the, the mission of the book is just, like I said, to reclaim childhood, make it something beautiful, encourage parents to protect the, their children's imagination and cultivate space for them to be kids, find beauty on ordinary Tuesday afternoons. You know, any day we can make special and it doesn't have to be some huge grand thing that costs us a lot of money or that's on Pinterest and it's complicated and has all these steps. We can find beauty in just simple things around us, whether it be dandelion fritters or any other thing, you know, just the more we look for it, the more we'll see it. And our kids will pick up on that too. So, you know, I just really want to encourage people to get out there and, you know, get yourself a copy of once upon a Tuesday, but more than that, if there's one takeaway, I really would just encourage moms and families to invest in their childhood, you know, in their children's childhood and really be present right now because we don't see the impact oftentimes until it's way too late to go back and change things. And we'll never regret the time that we invested in protecting our children's memories and protecting their imaginations and just in making a safe place for them to be kids. Oh, I love that. Childhood is beautiful. It is a beautiful thing if we allow it to be. And we've, we allow the goodness of children to just come into us instead of us trying to teach them that how the world is, you know, <laughs> just the world needs a lot more of childish children's goodness, not childish, but childlike goodness, I think. That innocent and just that wonder, right? I just love how full of wonder our kids are and how everything is just amazing to them. You know, we went to a waterfall that's tucked away on our property and it was just so fun to just see how excited they were about the moss and just playing in the water and just, you know, how special that was. And how many times we hike past there or drive by there and never stop to just enjoy it and let them be kids and just experience that amazement, that awe. And our, our children and, you know, our nephews as well included, they bless me so much. You know, they, they forced me to slow down a little bit and look and see how amazing that praying mantis is. And, you know, just some of these little things that I take for granted so often, but I'm so thankful that our kids forced me to slow down and enjoy it. Beautiful. I love that. And, and yeah, allow that when, you know, you said forced, but I don't think they're really forcing you. 
as, as a mom, especially in a farmer's wife, we've got so many things on that schedule. We've got to get all those things done. You know, we're homeschooling, we're farming, we're, you know, raising livestock, picking crops, we're doing different marketing to sell said crops and, you know, all those different things. And it's very easy to make this rigid schedule where everything we got to fall into fall into line, get all these things done. And, you know, don't get me wrong. It's important. The things have got to get done. If we don't farm, the crops die, the livestock die. Like there's repercussions to that. There's consequences, but having children has made it so much easier to stop and actually look and see just how beautiful a apple growing on the tree really is. And, you know, and how fun that prey mantis climbing up the wall is. And all those things that I would otherwise often take for granted because I'm so hurried and busy. My kids have allowed me or forced me or however you want to look at it to stop and be like, Oh mommy, look at this. And so I have to stop and look at this. I'm so thankful for it because I would miss so many beautiful things if it wasn't for them. Exactly. I love that. Thank you so much, Bethany. And I love your middle name. It just makes me feel joyful just to, just to see you and, and think about you. And I also just love hearing those, your little children's voices in the background. It's been a beautiful background to me. I hope everybody knows that it's, it's not just the, you know, cars driving by or the dog next door, it's your children. And that is so beautiful. You allow your children into your life. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You bet.